Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? I used to. <laughs> we like professional wrestling too. Perhaps maybe not on weeks like this, but or maybe we do. Hawkins, like I got a new amplifier this week. Nothing is going to bring me down. Ain't I am nothing flying gonna high. Break my stride. Ain't nothing gonna slow me down. Oh, yes. Matthew Wilder over here. Yes, I, I've been watching. Keep on moving. I've been watching Stranger Things. I, I've been getting oh. down with Jungle Boy. I've been, you know, just like living in the eighties. Here, okay. I, my amp is from nineteen eighty four. Hawkins, like this is a very eighty centric life that I live uh, over here. I was born. I like the eighties. I did. I like the eighties. That was a great. I've been. On, I've been on a weird eighties pop kick. Like a lot of, but a, a lot of like known songs. Like, yeah, I'm in Home Depot today and friggin' uh, Only the Lonely by the Motels comes on. I'm like, this is an odd song to be playing right now at Home Depot, but okay, I'll go with it. You know, a lot of Scandal, The Warrior. I dig that song. Pretty cool thing. Jay Giles Band, Freeze Frame. I'm big into those types of songs. I, I like I like practicing some drums to some eighties music for sure. Yeah. It's fun. And it's straight ahead. Usually that, that Lindrum drum beats are pretty simple to hold down. I like that. Hawkins, I am still feeling warm and rejuvenated from last week. The kinder, gentler Chris. Still still very much here. Oh still filled Ang- with love. I am radiating. warning I am warning the listeners right now. Angry Jeff has entered the chat and Jeff just didn't like anything it seemed this week even even when the wrestling was good he's watching the shows and just going eh, <laughs> kind of oh, thing we we have humans to talk about and i have ire for various humans oh, from, as do i yeah yeah and we'll talk about those humans but 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 the love radiates from me hawkins every week i feel a little bit warmer a little more healed well then let's get to the hate <laughs> speaking of the 80s when last we checked in our news, Vince McMahon was still CEO and chairman of the WWE. As he has been since the 80s. Not no more, he ain't. <laughs> Vince McMahon stepping down as CEO and chairman of the WWE will still run creative. 
<laughs> oh, the, oh, God. <laughs> of all the things. Of all the things. Yeah, they could have demobilized him from anything else. Vince, you have your choice of what you'd like to do. You know, I think I'd still like to run the creative. No, God, no. What? Anyway, Stephanie McMahon has taken over those duties. Why, you ask? Well, if you've been living under a rock, you haven't heard that a Wall Street Journal story on June 15th noted that the WWE Board of Directors are investigating accusations of payoffs made by Vince McMahon to multiple women that he and talent relations had John, Johnny Ace, Laurinaitis had affairs with to keep them quiet. Start of this investigation in this story started on March 30th when board members were sent an email that alleged that McMahon had agreed to pay $3 million to a 41-year-old woman who worked as a paralegal and later as an assistant to Laurinaitis. Now reading from the Wrestling Observer, the email was anonymous, stating to be from a friend of the woman. While the payoff itself is notable, it apparently came from McMahon's personal funds and not from the company, which is a key distinction. But what could be the more dangerous revelation is, in, in, is that the article and the letter said that McMahon hired the woman at $100,000 per year in 2019 and then increased that figure to $200,000 after he began having a sexual relationship with her. Yeah, I'd say so. If that was true, that is company funds. Dave putting A and B together and gigantic impropriety. If a raise could be tied into her affair, Vince McMahon's future could be in jeopardy. The email also used the term that McMahon quote- At this point, the real question is, could they possibly make the argument that the raise was decoupled from the affair? No. It it seems impossible. (laughs) Right? No, it wasn't. It was really kicking ass. You know, (laughs) Stanford's an expensive place to live, so it was a cost of living adjustment to $200,000 for a paralegal. The email also used the term that McMahon, quote unquote, gave her like a toy to Laurinaitis. Jeez. The woman was said to have had a law degree, but never took the bar exam. She told people she worked at the company, worked with at the company that that her career got sidetracked while tending to a sick parent. She started working in the legal department and then last year became an assistant to Laurinaitis before leaving the company in or around January when the agreement to pay her to not disclose her relationship with McMahon or disparage him was agreed two quote my friend was so scared so she quit after vince mcmahon and lawyer jerry mcdivitt paid her millions of dollars to shut up we'll stop there for now and we'll get into the rest of this explanation in a bit number one (laughs) it's just improper to date subordinates in my opinion (laughs) no no i feel like we have litigated this in the public square uh, on many different levels (laughs) dating all the way back to the 1990s like yeah that is 77 years old like i just can't find anybody right now and with my billions because i work so hard and spend so much time at work how about judy from accounting over there we'll just how about I make an outside hire to someone who is financially hard up and who has uh, n- nebulous qualifications yes. for this job to oh, begin no, no, no. with? She has, she has qualifications because she, she does have a law degree, so she can do paralegal work. Yeah, I but will, she hadn't passed the bar. I thought that was the, the whole no, thing. No, no, is... no, 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 no. That's to be a lawyer. To be a paralegal, you don't need to pass but, the bar. But, I th- but didn't, the way you were reading the article made it sound like she sort of falsely presented how qualified she was for the job. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean it. No, she's very qualified for the job. She's perhaps overqualified, and that's why $100,000 as a paralegal didn't shook me, shake me that much. Two hundred grand as a paralegal shakes me a little bit. Well, yeah, especially, again, when when the increase in the rate 
seems to directly coincide with the beginning of the sexual relationship and seems to have no correlative relationship with anything involving her job performance. Oh, As no. I said before, the, the onus at this point for McMahon and Laurinaitis would be to somehow, uh, God help them how, demonstrate that she was just transcendent and that like... <laughs> Vince, at the same time that he was falling in love with her earnestly, Jeff, deeply and truly for the first time in his miserable existence, <laughs> he was feeling love the way I feel love right now for all of you and you, Hawkins, as well. Uh, Vince, no, I do. I do. You don't tell me Don't tell me what I am or am not. I wasn't, I'm uh, no, I'm feeling love joke. right now. I feel love. Uh, anyways, Hawkins. You Donna Summer, you've been yelling. You I feel love. Feel the last love. Three <laughs> yeah, no, just like Vince. Vince feels like me. <laughs> Vince would have to somehow show. I feel show. pretty. I feel oh, pretty. Love. Yeah, no, I doubt it. Uh, so Vince would have to somehow show that he was discovering love. At the same time, he was also discovering the competent, <laughs> exceptional execution of an underutilized paralegal talent that heretofore had been undervalued by the job and labor market. Now, if Vince could demonstrate this... I welcome the presentation. I hope that we would we would open up SmackDown with that presentation instead of the piece of shit oh, we no, got tonight. Oh no, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. But yeah. no, that that's how you open up SmackDown. Vince shows up for the first time. He's in love with the PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Shake the ropes presents <laughs> Shake the ropes theater impromptu by Jeff Hawkins, thespian <laughs> Vince and Johnny Ace. In the break room, day, Vince enters while Johnny's getting coffee. Oh, uh, Johnny, how do you know when it's real? Hey, no, Vince. Vince. Hey, Vince. Vince. <laughs> when you really love a woman, when you, you really just, love a woman. When you really love her, you just you know. Just know. <laughs> Vince, I want you to try to imagine your life without her. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling these things and I haven't felt in so long. <laughs> I don't know if I could if I could share myself with <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready yet, Johnny. <laughs> don't know if I'm ready to commit at such a young age. <laughs> Vince, over the last couple of years, you've really put in the work. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happy. <laughs> oh, this poor woman. And then Vince goes, you do too, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, and just so that we're respecting the woman. We're, we're just going to clown. We're just clowning on Vince and, and Johnny. No, no. Like, like yeah, like the, the, well, she's... I I, no, I, I, I feel the need to say this because there's yeah, a for sure. scumbag in the wrestling media who decided to dox her. Oh, and, Christ. And give her name out there, probably what? by searching LinkedIn or some other crap like that. But yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, that we're, we're yeah. She's, <laughs> she's not the story. I, I mean, like, 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 and I, I, I want to focus in on that a little bit more. Like, Vince is the story here. Like, and this is always. In any of these cases, whenever you run across this in media coverage, whatever realm you're in, people, the powerful oh. person here is the story, not the not the woman in question. 
Um, All right, my apologies. I've just turned on my microphone, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. All it's right, Hawkins. Hawkins uh, decided to do a little Chris Novan Bruno yeah, school of broadcast journalism. No, no. I, I see. I think this is exciting. It's fun for the people to hear your voice from multiple angles. It's like multiple cameras covering you. Uh, I, I just, I think that's really <sighs> exciting. It's, it's so. a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm going to turn off the original sound so you don't hear echoes anymore. So, uh, no, I, I mean, we, Hawkins, we can all be better is what I'm trying to say here. Um, to circle back around to what I was trying to say about Vince McMahon before we dipsy doodled there. Um, with these stories, it's the powerful person. And, and, and Vince, like, to just kind of flesh out this point, why does Vince matter and not the woman? Because Vince is, like, basically the guy normies think of inadvertently whether they even know the guy's name or not when they think of professional wrestling um my very normie girlfriend only knows like five wrestlers and i have to name them and she'll have to, she'll tell me she's heard of them like she can't even name them off the top of her head all of them are vince mcmahon creations hulk hogan steve austin the rock john cena all of these people are vince mcmahon creations insofar as investors Think about WWE, um, and this is very common for investment across the board. They're always thinking about the CEO, and the investors are calibrating, you know, are we going to buy or sell WWE stocks? What do we think about the futures when, when we're scoring the stock going forward here? Who's going to be the CEO? Is Vince still going to be the CEO? It's been an open question in the market here the last several years now it's even more of an open question and like what would that transition look like so like this story matters because vince is the powerful guy um the woman she will go back to living her normal civilian life as well she should um yes. and, and she shouldn't be the target here like, no. like she, she shouldn't be in in the same way that it was icky for vince to pick someone who is a subordinate like the, it's icky for the media to focus in on the person and not the actual story especially in this case when uh, this just continues to like blow my mind hawkins the amount of documentary evidence that these guys put in writing about what they were doing these idiots they put so much of this stuff actually in writing there's just not that oh, much there are more ndas to be investigated which is going to happen uh continuing the story Eight of the 12 members of the WWE board of directors started the investigation in April after first receiving the emails. The four who were not part of this investigation, three were Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Paul Levesque. It is believed the fourth person not involved is company president Nick Khan. Curiouser and curiouser. However, the I know, right? You, the, the cons, you, if anything, you, you, th you thought that maybe it was one of them shiving Vince, but maybe it's yeah. the rest of the board going after him. Yeah. However, the timeline of this coming to light on March 30th shows that Stephanie McMahon was aware of this prior to her taking leave from the company, having her position quickly filled, and then the Business Insider article that categorized her as not being good at her job after she left. Springs up the question as to whether or not this knowledge in any way affected either her leaving or her being buried after leaving of those two things, although those close to the situation deny that one person with extensive knowledge of that aspect of the story said that they believe Stephanie McMahon being buried was a preemptive move to preserve the stock price to the outside world the idea of Vince McMahon's daughter and her heir and the heir apparent to the top position in the company, leaving the company she's worked for her entire adult life would sound like something is wrong with the company. So they leak out that she underperformed at her job and her father pushed her out. So that would explain why there wasn't anything wrong 
She was just not good. The, at her this job. only only bur- bolsters my point earlier about how Vince McMahon is seen by the investor class as really being synonymous with world wrestling entertainment. And whether Vince McMahon goes, goes investment sentiment towards this company. One person who knows of the reasons behind Stephanie McMahon's decision to leave, which has yet to come out past the family aspect of the story, which was part of it, says that this is that this story and her leaving was unrelated. That said, interesting because I view it a little, I viewed it at first like the MJF thing where, look, if she was really being buried by people behind the scenes and now she's CEO and and chairman, we're going to give you the top spot and see if you can run with this. And we're going to give you it to you good and hard right now. I almost viewed it as, all right, let's see what you got, kid, type of thing, versus keeping it in the family type of thing, which now it's what it looks like. It looks like it was all protective and whatnot. I just, I just, I could, let's let's talk about the SmackDown opening. So Vince comes out. A lot lot to discuss here. I mean, many lines, we need to break them all down. No, no, no. Originally reported that he was going to come out as Mr. McMahon and cut a promo, which sounded like the worst idea in the history of bad ideas. Then we get this. He comes out. He goes, as you saw in that beginning there, it's now, then, and forever. But one thing also left off of that, and that's together. And we're going to get through this together. Get through what, Vince? I don't want to get I don't want to get through anything with you on this, Vince. Like, I, don't recall, you're, I don't recall this, me this doing is a solo, anything. This is a solo mission, my boy. You 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 went on it. You 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 you've been flying solo for a long time. You didn't want me involved anywhere up to now. And buddy, continue that flight. Have I got fun. No sex out of this. How am I involved with this? In any and way? no money. And None no money. money. You want to give me hush money? I mean, you know, twenty bucks. I'll keep quiet for at least a week. I just it's it's like seriously, it's that low. I have I, I Hawkins. I can PayPal you right now. No, not not to you. Oh, it's, okay. Fine. Your money's no good. I know that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I watched this. I go, who? Number one, why would you bring attention to this if it's what you're trying to bury? Why? Why would you come out on the as if everybody knows? And the weird thing was, everybody's out there cheering him, like, "Oh, we get to see Vince McMahon again." They're part of the man. The crowd, the crowd reaction shots were bizarre. You had he is going to dig in and get through this whole. You had some people legitimate, like like you definitely had the knowing look on some of the dudes in in the audience's face, like, "Oh shit, we're seeing Vince McMahon." Then you have other people who are completely unaware of this story, just going like, "Yeah." no chance in hell i love this song but like you know just like singing along like it's totally rad uh and then vince is high-fiving people for the first time in a long time on the way out of the ring no i know this was this was designed to be a baby face moment for vince and it Uh, turned out to be i think in some ways yes which is disgusting. The, 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 this whole, well, we're going to get through this together. Screw you, dude. You're gross. And you I can't th- get through this by yourself. And you know who I think takes, I think Johnny Ace is out by the end of next week. Oh yeah. Johnny Ace is gone. He's no, taking he, the fall for that. Absolutely. So no, uh, Vince will pay him some money and Vince and, and Johnny. <laughs> yeah, no. We're Eskimo about, brothers. <laughs> yeah, it's about money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Keep it in the family. Johnny, come here. <laughs> You're the loyal servant. 
how much for this NDA? Well, apparently that some in the report from the Wall Street Journal, it was reported to the board that hey, there's a bunch more of these NDAs you may want to take a look at too. And I think there's going to be some uh, some interesting things involving. Just put it this way: there's some on-camera NDAs that are out there, and mm. uh, and that's going to mm. be. I hope those names don't come out for their protection. Um, here, here's the thing is I think a lot of people are going, well, if the name comes out, then they'll talk about it. It's like, if they talk about it, they get sued. Yeah. Right. 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 No, 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 it, no, it's not, it's not, it's not a good thing. No, it, re- it really, it wouldn't be a good thing at all. Um, the, the name, a name that popped in my head when all this started was like Ashley Massaro. She'd be, yeah. yeah like, like that, that, that whole, that whole chapter back when, I think certainly maybe deserves another bout of uh, re-examination here, maybe uh, by Johnny, media types. Johnny, do you believe in love? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. This has been having himself a week because also <laughs> this week, regarding the Oliver Luck versus Vince McMahon lawsuit from the XFL that is scheduled to go to jury trial on July 11th. Trial is expected to last a week, but Vince McMahon and Lux teams met this week on June 15th to have a settlement conference. Chris, how long do you think it lasted? Oh, it's not fair. I already know it lasted under 10 minutes. Nine I it was minutes. Nine minutes. And yeah. we're done with talking right now. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if, if Vince came in just hot. That, like, basically all the rest of this... Like he he came in there and he kind of had like big fu energy and Oliver Luck was just like yeah okay dude cool see you in court. Are you running water in the background? Yeah, because Chesterfield Cat keeps yelling at me until I give him <laughs> give him water. So you have two options, Hawkins. Do you want him drinking water or do you want That's him yelling over me? No, 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 no. I, I was going to turn it back off. Go no, to your loving I, place. I was happy. I was feeling love. I uh, was yeah. You took it away. You. How do you know? How do you know when it's really? Vince might have been feeling. <laughs> oh dear lord, that's such a terrible. It's, it's all it's off now, Hawkins. It's off now. Thank you, you see, everything's better in Chesterfield. Shut up. So like we're all happy now. Sad news Not before you. we go back to the snark. Brian Hebner, who announced his retirement this week, announced that Dave Hebner, his father, or I believe his father or his uncle, I can't remember which one this was, passed away at the age of 73 this week. He'd been suffering from Parkinson's. Dave Hebner, twin brother of Earl Hebner, legendary double referee angle with Hogan and Andre to change the title that then led to WrestleMania four tournament in many ways. Hebner's very important part of a wrestling legacy in terms of refereeing and, and that family's uh, pretty famous too. I, I always get Earl and, and, and Dave mixed up quite a bit, but I know that they both worked for the NWA as well before going to the WWE. Yeah. I mean, Earl Hebner and Dave Hebner. I mean, I guess Earl in specific, but like the Hebners, if you know any referee's name, um, you probably know red shoes. You probably know Earl Hebner. Um, and, and maybe like, Tommy you know, like Young, I, Nick I know. Patrick, maybe. My, yeah. You know, Bronco Lubitsch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my the best in the business, Brock, Bronco no, Lubitsch. Yeah. The fastest three count in the West. Any man who gets down on all fours to count a three. Pure love. I was watching, I, I was doing a watch along of uh of uh Starcade 80. I want to say it's 86 or 80. No, it was 85. It was 85 because it was totally uh totally in Magnum I quit. But the those first first couple of matches, they had the uh they had the uh yellow mustard 
bodysuit with the NWA logo. Dude looked just like Bronco Lubitsch, but it wasn't. But getting on the all fours to count. I mean, it's like, dude, the referees right now. I mean, most of those are swole patrol now anyways. So (laughs) as as good as the uh, wrestlers are in shape now, the referees are in much better shape these days too. Yeah, no, I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I think it's actually important to have a normal body shaped referee uh, to serve as dichotomy to the tremendous physique. Yes, I want normal. I I don't like the full patrol guys. Like, like, no, like Randy Anderson, Pee Wee Anderson was actually like a perfect referee in a lot of ways. Brian Hildebrand. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, no. Perfect. Because the smallness of Anderson accentuates that like this guy could never be a wrestler that either one of these guys, even the jobber would have his way with Randy Anderson. And then, yeah. Uh, and, and then, yeah, then, then like, you know, it, it just makes, I think the, the distinctions clear. Well, before the Vince McMahon news hit, we had other news that was going to be our top story this week. Cause when last we checked Jeff Hardy, still a free man for the most part, but no, nope. <laughs> Jeff Hardy arrested on June 13th at nine 54 AM after he was swerving and running off the roadway in Volusia County, Florida, which would be the Daytona beach area. That's that's Dave explaining. Arrested and charged with driving with a license that had been canceled, suspended, or revoked, violating restrictions placed on his driver's license, and a third DUI charge related to alcohol and drugs within 10 years. Officers administered two breathalyzer tests, the first registering on 0.294 blood alcohol content and the second 0.291, both numbers roughly 3.7 times the legal limit of 0.08. Those are Steve, Captain Obvious here. Those are very serious numbers and far behind the point where anyone should in any way, shape, or form even consider driving a vehicle. Now for a little bit of snark before I go into more on this. Chris, do you know the uh, alcohol of choice of one Jeff Hardy for this excursion at 9.54 in the morning? Well, I thought it's. St- I thought it started overnight, like it, like it like probably was. Well, I yeah, I thought he was arrested. I thought he was like he was arrested. Over, like, he was arrested. Yeah, no, because he was like swerving. He was swerving across multiple lanes and stuff at night at like twelve fifty and moving really slow. I'm gonna just. I don't know the alcohol. I'm gonna go with gin. I'm gonna go with gin. Standard disclosure. <laughs> this is usually not things to joke about, but this is the part that throws fireball whiskey, Chris. Okay, fireball, fireball, fireball. The pretty that's pretty light. The chosen whiskey of teenage girls everywhere. Yeah, I mean it's fine with a little Coke or whatever, you but know, like it's, good. it's a good mixer. I'll give it apple you know, cider. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. No fireball and apple cider rules. Yes. It is. I, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. Very that's tasty, really good. Tasty beverage. Yeah. Yeah. That said, if you're this drunk at nine fifty four in the morning. I think it was, I think it was from, over, again, I think it was from overnight. He was still drunk. Oh uh, yeah. But, probably. Yeah. I get to work. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I think, I think he was drinking all night, but yeah, no, like, um, it, it's so clear. This guy has serious substance abuse issues um, that when WWE was trying to get this guy to go get help that uh, yes, they're a lousy company. We just spent, I don't know how long talking about the CEO. Um, just because Vince McMahon's a horrible person doesn't mean that he's wrong about absolutely everything all the time. Uh, nor does it mean that WWE is wrong about absolutely everything all the time. And correct. a thing that they were absolutely correct about here, and they're wrong about a lot of personnel decisions, this was not one of them, was that Jeff Hardy needs 
inpatient help. Now, let us stop real quickly before we start throwing down any roses at WWE's feet for this, because they should have done this with Jimmy Uso as well. Yes. And they have not done that with Jimmy Uso. And, and I'm unconvinced. To our knowledge. To our knowledge. Yeah, I'm unconvinced that Jimmy's in that much better of a place than Jeff Hardy. Well, actually, no, not to our knowledge, because he's on TV, stupid. <laughs> right. No, that's what I mean. No, no, like they, they should demobilize. I'm talking to myself. Guy. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, no, right. They no, and worse than that, Jeff, if you remember, they they made him a tag team champion like the week after the incident. Allow like, me to also, in some ways, bury Matt Hardy here. Now, I'm not saying he's responsible for this, but uh, Jeff Hardy's license is suspended. Uh, and should Jeff, be. And Jeff, should yes. be. Jeff Hardy has uh, a, a uh, breathalyzer gimmick in the ignition of the car that he owns. This was not the car that he owns. This was a Dodge Charger that was rented in Florida so he could drive back to North Carolina. It begs the question, who rented this car for Jeff Hardy? So that he, a man who should not be driving can drive back from Florida to North Carolina when he has obvious substance abuse problems. Now, allow, I'm not going to say it was Matt. It's my opinion it might be, but let's just drop that for a second. Well, Matt whoever whoever helped out with that certainly should be con- yes, and certainly should be concerned legally speaking. Yes, I yeah. agree. I agree with that. Well, uh, yeah, no one was hurt, I don't think. But yes. No, you know, I I get that no one was hurt, but it's just kind of like Jimmy Uso. And I guess this is why the sticks in my cross so badly. Just because nobody was killed or hurt because of drunk driving does not change the fact that operating a several thousand pound motorized vehicle with the ability to go 60 or more miles an hour has the ability to kill or injure people in a way that like getting drunk or smoking pot in your living room just simply doesn't. And it is fundamentally irresponsible in a way far beyond having a big night out or whatever. You know, go to the bar and get drunk and you're puking in the alley behind the bar. We all do this. This is not a moral condemnation of that. This is a moral condemnation of engaging in behaviors that can potentially kill people. And the report on Jeff Hardy's driving, swerving across multiple lanes, ending up off the road multiple times, going several miles an hour below the flow of traffic, all of this stuff absolutely could have killed someone just like Tammy Sitch. And yes. I, I don't actually think you need to get to Tammy Sitch's level to face the same level of contempt or moral condemnation for this. Drunk driving needs to be treated by our society. I'm on a moral high horse about this, but I feel very strongly about no, this. No, I am too. In the same I'm way that, like, if you're just walking around swinging a baseball bat. Like, yeah, that can hurt people. We should not look fondly on that or look at that with any sort of sense of whimsy. This is an extraordinarily selfish thing. And the worst part, is Jeff Hardy and Jimmy Uso, these are one percenter guys. These are guys making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. They can afford Uber and yeah. they should Uber. And it's it's just disgusting that they need to like, I don't know, get their rocks off driving a rental car or something. Like what what is what even is that? Like like I have I have nothing but contempt for Jeff Hardy at yes, this point. Yes, and, and 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 it's one of those things where he's in his 40s. You know, I, I allow mistakes to happen on a sliding scale. If he's in yeah, pain, like, and if he's uh, in 25 pain, is yes, one thing. Yes. If he's in pain because of the injuries he's taken, then let's get treatment and let's get out of wrestling for a while. If it's, if it's because of self-loathing, let's handle the self-loathing, whatever the issues are, 
If it's just, hey, I really like booze and being the life of the party. Let's handle that. But I think now we need big boy prison. And I don't, and I hate to say that because I ne- don't never wish prison on anybody, but especially an addict. When it's like, well, you know, treatment would be the best thing. Dude, we've, we've gone down that path a couple times. Might be time for some harsh learning. And I'm trying to be as as empathetic as I can be because it, this is a, this is one of those drunk driving is a big, big uh, <laughs> Hawkins uh, uh, soapbox uh, for many, many reasons, in, including my own personal things with alcohol in the past. Yeah. And, but and, 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 but I want to talk a little bit about it. Matt here because the statement he gave, and I don't, I don't have it in front of me exactly. But it's like, of course, he's got to support his brother through this. Da, da, da. But there was that. But there was a line in there where it's like uh, the, the path to recovery is not always linear. And this set me off when I first read it, because I'm just like, no, it's, it's a fantastic point. Sometimes you don't recover, especially not when you're enabling your brother. Yes. Well, I mean, you have to be on a path. And there was no proof of this because they were mocking inpatient treatment that WWE offered. And that's, you know, and you know, I've seen some people go, well, Tony Khan's responsible for this in some ways too, for being an enabler and letting Jeff go out there and do all these things, knowing that he was an addict. I, I can't get that far. I can't get there, Chris. I can't get to that this is Tony Con- partly Tony Khan's fault for knowing what Jeff's issues were and then having him go out there and do these things. Yet. <laughs> now, AEW. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. If you're Tony Khan, um... I don't think you can responsibly put Jeff Hardy back into a ring unless you know that he's clear headed when he's in the ring with the other people he's working with. He I has, think he has been suspended without pay for. Right yeah. Now. And I, I think he's basically got to stay that way indefinitely. I, I, I will say this is now immediately back on Tony, Tony Khan's lap, the visionary. Uh, if the visionary sees it clear to put Jeff Hardy in the ring, let's say with Adam Page, and then Adam Page gets his rib cage crushed because Jeff Hardy takes his fall asleep in the middle of the year senton on Adam Page. Well, now, uh, here, here's where I'll jump down Tony Khan's throat a little bit because it's like, well, he'll have to prove himself before he comes back. No, the time to prove himself was before you put him in the ring because you knew what you were getting. You knew the TNA stories. You knew the WWE stories. Maybe we, I mean, look, I'm not saying you need, you need to piss test everybody. Maybe you should have piss test Jeff a bit here. You know, maybe yeah, especially, no, especially if you're doing contracts, right? Like these yes. are contractors, Jeff Hardy's contract. Yes. I'm sorry for the safety of the other people that he works with in the ring. Jeff Hardy's contract should include uh, a piss test or a hair test uh, before every time he's going to work on TV. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think I think that would have been good. It also puts look, it also puts into mind possibly, hey, what was going on at double or nothing? You know, Matt said he had a quote unquote concussion that Jeff had a Oh yeah, and, and, and his shoes were just untied. Yeah, that that he never went back and tied again. <laughs> hey, you know, Jeff, I, I, when I have, do you have, when do you forget to thoughts. do things like put your belt on or zip yes. up your fly or tie your shoelaces? Or, when or when, when do things like that? Yeah. yeah, when when do things like that happen? It happens uh, when I'm not in full control of my facilities. <laughs> last Wednesday, <laughs> yes, last one. You know, we call that Tuesday in the Hawkins. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I uh, 
I have very little sympathy for this. And I apologize for anybody who might have more sympathy as who's battled addictions and things like that. But I'm just, I'm, I'm like, he needs a little tough love. Uh, Hardy taken in and released at 7.07 PM later that day on June 13th on $3,500 bond scheduled for a hearing on July 5th at 2.30 PM. $3,500 bond for a repeat offender. How nice it is to be wealthy to enough in this country to be able justice. to. Yeah, right. Uh, moving on. According to Fightful, Randy Orton has a back injury that is far more severe than originally thought and might need surgery. As brought up on tonight's SmackDown, by the way, and could be out for the end of the year and could be out of the SummerSlam main event. Appears that is the case. Uh, Brock Lesnar appearing at the end of SmackDown tonight. That will probably be your SummerSlam main event. We were told that once the Randy news was out there, that this was the plan for about three weeks. Well, I'm just glad they were going with a fresh angle here. You know, like seeing Roman Reigns go up against someone new. Let me backtrack a little bit. Just a little bit here. And this is Orton adjacent. The focus of Raw and SmackDown this week, of all people, that Vince McMahon has decided to make a huge star his TV, and I thought he was going to give him the belt tonight. Riddle, who has his own sexual issues. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a company that can't get out of its way. Chris no, Vin, Vince likes Riddle. He likes theory. There just seems to be a certain trend. Ah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the Velveteen Dream. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Patrick oh, Clark God. back again. Patrick's back. Oh, what a great thing. Uh, in the rumor and innuendo department, we don't normally report on these things, but this is too big to pass up. Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc., who I believe has recently sold the site. Uh, as, uh, reporting earlier this week that Sasha Banks was either asked for a release or was released. And we're trying to get clarification on this. The talk is that lawyers are involved trying to get her release. That's a big time thing. Andrew Zarian picking up on the story uh, from the internal thoughts. This is a quote that is very true. And we've brought it up before quote in the WWE's minds. They could clone Sasha with somebody else and have her fit that role and no problem. It is now a role you are playing. It is a role with mid-level actors. Everybody's a mid-level actor except for a Roman Reigns or a Brock Lesnar or a Cody Rhodes. Those guys are the stars. Uh, memo to WWE. Incorrect. Uh, Sasha is a... <laughs> we saw the ratings when she's not there, when she is there. Sasha's a star. 
I'll go even from- further. You you can look at a number of those different female talents, and you can't just like replace them out. Asuka is a unique personality, and just bringing in like a a different Japanese wrestler would not fit the bill. Like I love Saray, um, but bringing in Saray to just replace Asuka and have Saray work, uh, Asuka's gimmick wouldn't work. No. Um, Bailey, love Bailey. Having someone else come in and work Bailey's gimmick, like especially the classic, like the Bailey kid friendly Bailey, wouldn't work. Uh, the Aunt Pam Bailey, no, you can't just actually have someone come in there and work that. It doesn't work. Um, a lot of these people, uh, in part, what makes wrestlers kind of so unique is yeah, that there's sort of a typecasting thing, but like these people are distinct enough personalities and distinct enough looks that you can't just replace them. Sasha's on another level than any of these people. I love Oscar. I love, you know, I loves me some Oscar and I loves me some aunt Pam. And, and like, I mean, not for nothing, like didn't Vince learn this lesson with the fake diesel and fake razor yeah. uh, gimmick years ago? Like, no, we we've been through this. No, you can't just recast diesel. I have said on this program, Sasha is the one person who could jump other than maybe Roman Reigns to AEW and be a game changer there. She comes in. She is the number one, number one. Look, Britain and Thunder Rose are great. They ain't Sasha Banks. They don't have the star power. They don't have the charisma. Sasha's even better in the ring than both of them, in my opinion. Um, Sasha is otherworldly. And she may not be the greatest promo in the world, but her aura is just money. And it's always been money. And look, Asuka's bulletproof. Give me Sasha Banks and Stokely Hathaway as a dynamic, please. Yes. Look, if they grant her that release, I'm not even sure she stays in wrestling. I think she goes straight to Hollywood, even though that fire is a little bit colder than it used to be versus when she was on The Mandalorian. When she was on The Mandalorian, I had two casting directors contact me asking because they knew I I was into wrestling. <laughs> through my agent. My agent goes, hey, these guys want to know about Sasha Banks. Tell them about it. Okay, cool. Here you go. Uh yeah, I'm uh that's gonna be interesting. So that's the rumor innuendo. Tro- <laughs> that is Troy Two Dimes Donovan cut by NXT for failing a drug test. Company says that uh, he should apply for a job to return in quote about a year. That wording was interesting to me. That indicates to me it might not be uh, a type of drug that they're all that angry about, but they felt because they have this wellness policy. Well, we can't skirt the rules for everybody. Call us in about a year. Yeah. Yeah. That that was how I read that Uh, is just uh, it it was something that met the letter of the law of the wellness policy, but like there were probably I wonder what the weed policy in NXT is. I know it's I was, now legal on the main roster, but I wonder if there's stricter standards for the training. I was wondering that, or I was maybe thinking like a nightclub escapade. Like they went out to, you know, they went out to the oh, club. Oh, here, here's another one that, that they ding people on because they did this for uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, a Fedra. Okay. Yeah, that could be it too. I mean, and, and normally a lot of the nightclub drugs uh, tend to be out of your system pretty quick, but maybe like yeah. Troy, th- maybe Troy thought something was going to be out of his system. Yeah. And, and and it wasn't out of his system when it came time for the test, and it was a bit of a surprise to him because he thought it would be. But like they were also kind of like, basically, everyone was kind of like, I don't think he's actually got a problem with this. I just think he did this one. Yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. It's like, ah, oh, he had a night of partying. Hey, we got it. We got to let you go for a bit. But 
and who knows maybe it's just pat maybe it's just like all right we got him off the books now but uh yeah call us back in here that's one of those things where it's just like ah it's a char it's a it's a, it's a it's a youthful indiscretion it's, it's what we call it yeah yeah i i mean it look or was, to- or was steroids Right. Like, okay. Uh, we we could be way off the mark here, but I tend to think, unlike like the Jeff Hardy thing, where it's like indicative of a big problem. I don't think dude goes to a bachelor party and has a good time on the other side of the law is necessarily indicative of man on tilt. See, and steroids to me is is one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's a cosmetic business. You shouldn't really be doing that, but uh, wait until you get on the main roster. Don't do it on PC. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's also, yeah, you shouldn't really be doing that. But yeah, it's like also, <laughs> we get it, kid. You're trying to trying to make that money. Yeah, you know, you got to be six foot three and two hundred fifty pounds in order to even be. You know, okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh, into the other territory, Tony Khan. Poor by Dave Meltzer of the uh, Wrestling Observer that when AEW was in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Times had interest in doing a story on the promotion and the company never got back to them. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Tony Khan just too busy booking for the forbidden door. It's hard to be a visionary. You got to keep your eye on the prize. What are you doing? (laughs) I mean... It's not like they're going to bury you. They're they're doing a fluff piece. Get in there and get all the media you can get. And look, I think the LA Times is a rag, but at least it'll be on the online site for people who want to peruse that. I, yeah, I. All all press is good press. press I don't know if Vince is saying that this week. No, no. Well, yeah, but like at the same time, he also wanted to come out on TV and enjoy himself. And then only had only late had to be talked out of it. So I don't know. Maybe he does sort of think that. In interest to uh, former Patreon members, and especially one Chris Novembrino, KG Muto has said that he would like to have five more matches and then retire. Chris, we got to get an AEW match with Sting, don't we? Maybe a tag that, match of some sort. That would be great, right? Well, one more Sting and Muta account encounter. Hell yeah. yeah. A Chono match. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I, no, I actually like, no, the tag match would be a perfect vehicle, right? You have like Sting and Darby Allen versus Muda and some up and coming guy from New Japan. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and well, before he left Noah, you're supposed to put over the, the next guy up and, <laughs> and beat him. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen there? You got to keep Muda looking strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we have Funk and Muda back. Yeah. <laughs> Terry's not retired yet again. Still with us, Terry Funk. <laughs> still, still taking those calls. Good lord. Much maybe, like, much like Dennis Lawler. Stamp. Much like Dennis Stamp with the with the with the dumbbells. Hey, I'm not I'm not booked. Maybe we need to book him. Well, yeah, Lawler. Well, I mean, he was in Memphis as the. Uh, I believe his name was the White Ninja or the Great yeah. White Ninja. In, in and, uh, uh, you know, it'd be great. Uh, Flair and Muda versus Sting and Darby. <laughs> I am here for Muda being Flair's mystery opponent or mystery partner. I really am, or even mystery opponent or something like that. He could be. They'd be on opposite ends of the six of the six man. It for SummerSlam weekend. That could be the guy. Take it as opposed to Ricky okay, Morton. okay. Muda doing like an appear. Well, didn't he do an appearance in NXT years ago? That or no, like, that was Liger. That was Liger. That was Liger. Yeah, a really no, good appearance too. That I mean, was. I know. And the Tyler Breeze match was awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I remembered after I said it, I was like, no, that was Liger, and that was great. Um, no, like Muda doing one WWE thing would be fun. Um, him and Oscar doing mist on someone. That could be. Oh my god! If Oscar like started referring Becky to her, and Seth. No, if Oscar started referring to her uncle and her uncle is revealed to be the great Muda, that would be like an all-time great reveal. And Seth ends up accidentally almost crippling another legend on the way out. <laughs> no, that wasn't his fault. So yeah, but still, yeah. I mean, they're they're. I mean, I think four of them will be Japanese matches, and then one should be a stateside one with Sting in some way. Yeah, right? probably AEW. Yeah, probably Sting. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, lighter thing. Uh, the Bahamas Bowl is back. It will be called the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl. Now you may be asking, what what's the wrestling connection there? Well, one of the big wigs for hometown lenders, Conrad Thompson, who was there in the Bahamas to announce that thing. He's uh, he is a uh, licensee of hometown lenders, his his uh, his mortgage business. So he will be uh, living it up in the Bahamas every year around the holidays as long as they do this bowl game. I was like, okay, I saw him in the press. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I'd love to have that Conrad Thompson money, Chris. I want that Conrad Thompson money. Oh yeah, sure. But then, but then I, w- I would get back to like not working very much. So like the, the problem is all these guys who always have a ton of money, they just keep working. They don't ever yeah. stop working. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. You made it. You made you your don't money. work. I mean, I know you. So. I, 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 just, <laughs> I just I just own my own business. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, and then this will. I think this this should take us in the lazy river uh, type of thing because it's a bit of a crossover thing. Uh, over in New Japan, the G One announced their. Uh, uh, during Dominion on Sunday, announced the uh, announced their field twenty eighth, the largest field ever. Chris, guess how many AEW talents were named for this G one? Four, one. Damn, I, I, you keep hitting with these guesses, and they're not very. Do, good do you that. know the answer to this, by the way? Oh, you know no, no, I. Um, no. Let me guess on that one too. Adam okay. Cole. No. Damn. Uh, not even close. God, Chris. Because for all this talk of New Japan and AEW's burgeoning relationship. What, they send like Wheeler Yuta or something? Lance Archer. <laughs> who has worked for New Japan for many, many years. No Brian Danielson. No Adam Page. Don't know if CM Punk was planned. No John Moxley. And Lance Archer has been such a non-entity on this show for the last year. Like, like he, he just hasn't, uh, he's not bad. I don't know, that Suzuki goon angle on Wednesday, Chris. White hot. Never been hotter. I, I'm on AEW. So let me talk about it a little bit. The wrestling on AEW was fine. Perhaps even good. But I had some questions about the matches that some people were overpraising. For example, Dax Harwood versus Will Ospreay. Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable indie style match. Sure. What was the story of this match, Chris? Um, Will Ospreay does a lot of moves, and yes. Dax Harwood is, is a guy who is a good wrestler and lost the match. That is the story. That's the of, story of that match. Exactly. Yeah. There was no wearing. Yep. No yep. storytelling. There was no. Nope. I mean, look, and I love right. even is, the final, the, like the go home spot, where like like Harwood's on the search, doesn't find anything, and just gets knocked out and pinned. Okay. Dax's chops were phenomenal in this match dude he's great i no, no. i, I want to make clear like dax continues to just be having dax a fantastic their, year yes and that 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 kind of goes into this dax harwood is one of your hottest wrestlers in aew kids 
FTR is possibly your hottest tag team. So you beat Dax Harwood with Will Ospreay in a good match to give the fans and the podcasters the next day the great match. What was your star rating for it? Whatever. And then you decide to do your forbidden door angle. And the opponent for Will Ospreay in this big super card thing that I told y'all, I told y'all this is going to be disappointing. And I still think it is. Orange Cassidy. Did you want to see Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay? Was that your was that your dream match, guys? I know you guys are talking yourself into it. Those of you who are the super New Japan fans who get on me about this, who got on me about this, here's how the card needs to be. Because you're not getting Naito. You're not getting Okada because Okada's wife is uh, going to be in labor. And it looks like you're getting Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy and Tanahashi versus Moxley. Two of the four, not bad. One of the four is a super match. I just went, what? <laughs> so, we, so we've done all this. We've, we've done the great Ocon, Jeff, Jeff Cobb run-in to, to get our way into, and look, Orange Cassie, it'll be a fun match, but that's, this isn't a main event level match. He's Toru Yanu. Basically, yes. Everybody like, versus Orange Cassidy. No, I would much rather see that match. That's an infinitely more interesting pairing than Orange Cassidy having like a real like cruiserweight high flyer match with Will Ospreay. I'm sure they'll do some high flying stunts, but like, here's the thing with Cassidy. He's a character. He's not like this yes. like, great ace worker. He's a fine hand who plays a great character, and so like, I want him to be bumping around with another great character because like what the matches that Cassidy is going to have as this character are ever since they chose not to go with the kind of hardcore bleeding orange Cassidy sort of thing where he has this like additional and intense edge to lean into. They moved away from that from a couple of years ago. Damn shame. That's where we're at. He's a character. He's a character. Have him doing goofy stuff. Have him being entertaining. But, like, you've made this character and presented him and booked him in a way where he's not a main event talent. He's not a star ratings match guy. And that's okay. That's okay. It could have been otherwise, but it's okay what you got him doing. But you need to at least use him in the way that he, he should be used. And, and, and having him in a match with Osprey is boring. It's this boring. this Forbidden Door thing. And, and Osprey, I'll get into it a little bit. Well, I mean, I'll get into it now. All, all the... All the all the little, uh, what I like to call sports entertaining things in here with, with his, here's my, here's my, I'm doing the praying motion before I go into the Oscar or whatever thing over and over and over again. It was a little much for me. I just, I, look, I, I like indie wrestling. I just, I want guys to wear down after time instead of we're going to go full bore until I catch somebody with something. And then, then it's the end of the match. Like the only drama in this match were the kickouts. He wasn't working a body part. It wasn't, there wasn't a strategy to it or anything like that. I sound like Cornette doing that, but that's fine. But let me move on to the. No, but like, it matters to me. Like it's the same way I felt about the Miro and Ethan page match. Um, where man, no, like, it's just there. You need to be able to, like you asked me earlier, summarize the match or the story of the match. And I think that a viewer should leave a wrestling match, um, whether it's a pay-per-view level match or a TV level match, and be able to tell a two to three sentence story that summarizes the match. That doesn't, that does not require the usage of any wrestling moves. 
in order to explain this match other than like he finished the match with the figure four leg lock or something like that. Like it shouldn't be like Johnny hit a body slam. Then he hit an elbow drop. Then he stomped on the knee and then he won the match. That's not a story. That's a series of events. Um, like the, there should be a way to summarize what both wrestlers strategies were inside of a match and like what, what, what the game plan was. And like, this is another one where it's like, what was all ego Ethan Page's strategy for the bigger, stronger Miro? Yeah. And, and we didn't even get into the Miro God killer gimmick, which is like, why is Ethan Page getting offense here? No offense to Ethan Page. Love Ethan Page. But we, we've just rechristened Miro as a guy who wants to fight God. And he's and he's getting, he's having to do a heat segment with Ethan Page during a commercial. I, I just, but back to my other point. Tony Khan is finding out real quick um, that it's, it's funny to me. There's a certain jingoism to having to deal with with some of these other countries' uh, promotions. Be it New Japan, uh, part of the Forbidden Door issues uh, is the CMLL Triple A relationship. Um, as well. So, so you can't use Andrade. You can't use Roosh. You can't use the Lucha brothers on the forbidden door pay-per-view because of the relationship between, uh, CMLL. I, I think I, I, it's here. It's, I think it's true. I can't, I, I'm getting my triple A's and, and CMLL's mixed up, but there it's, it's all kind of, uh, incestual in some ways, especially given that FTR are your triple A tag team champions. Um, and he's finding out that it's uh, that that it's not like, hey, it's an all world type thing. Japanese companies book their shows for Japan, and Mexican companies book their shows for Mexico, and and that's you know that they're yeah, you know, and, and all these companies are thinking about what the booking plan is yes. next month, and yes. it's and As opposed to Tony, right? Right. I mean, that's really the thing is 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 so like they all agreed to do this card. Tony, I don't think, had a real clear plan of what he wanted to accomplish yes. by doing a super card. I think in Tony's mind, literally, it was like, well, I just need to open the forbidden door. Like, like that, that, that people had said the forbidden door so much that it created this sort of like mystique and cash. Everybody around. thought super card. We're going to get a G, we're going to get a stateside Tokyo Dome G1 style. Yes. Five five star matches on the card. And it's going to be the most and awesome all, thing a, we've ever a seen. A show of the decade contender. Yes. Yes. A show of the decade contender. And you ain't getting that. No, and, and just mere, well, yeah, it's certainly because not now Tony just, wants to make this a yearly thing, and so it's going to be okay, that's ridiculous. That's one asinine. great match and meh. They're going to give know? yeah, they're going to give you one match that that's well worked, and then it's going to be a lot of like guys going through the motions. Like you'll be lucky to get like your Hiroki Goto. Is Goto even still wrestling? Um, uh, yes, he fought Tanahashi for the chance to win the AEW uh, World Championship. I, I just, I just always remember Goto as 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 a guy who who they just never wanted to pull the trigger on. Um, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and yeah, and like, like that's that's they're gonna send you Hiroki Goto. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not. No, they're not gonna. Ishii, like, they're gonna. Send yes, you. right, right. Like, and I'm not like, dude. Ishii and Goto are good wrestlers. Like, like let's not like. I mean, a little little older now, but like, like if you look at their like peak careers, like no, these guys are good wrestlers. But like, are, is that the way that you juice the television product product leading into the show or coming out of the show? No. Is that going to help launch your stars of tomorrow? Probably not, unless you're really thinking about how you're using these individual matches. Um, a match, you know, like Orange Cassidy beating Ishii 
might mean something if you did it the right way, but it wouldn't mean anything at all if you just did it to do it. Um, I, I, I just, the visionary needs to look ahead a little bit more if he's going to keep trying to uh, book like this. Well, and I'll tie it into something I loved this week. I did enjoy watching Impact this week. I did watch it um, because they were doing a uh, 20th anniversary uh, type of thing. And as a one-off, they had Aces and Eights, the team of uh, Wes Briscoe and, and, and Garrett Bischoff in a tag match. And D'Lo Brown came in for running. <laughs> Love me some D'Lo Brown. He's possibly my favorite one of my favorite wrestlers, at least of, of the modern era. I, I just, and of course, I've I feel like he's really, he's, nice he's really me. underappreciated. L- yes, like, like is. his contribution to late nineties wrestling and like the style and presentation and stuff. Like he really got it in that era. Yeah. In a way that I don't well, he overachieved because remember yes. he, was, he was, he was a guy that he was like a, a, uh, a red shirt for the nation of domination. And then eventually got to be uh, an on screen and from an NPC to a PC. And then really, you know, with the, with the entire, you know, the, the chest vest thing, the chest like, vest, the, yep. Euro, the Euro continental champion type thing, the being hailed from different European countries. Now, now, why did I bring up impact in a way? Cause I want to tie it back to AEW on this AEW match. Uh, Jay white lost a mid card tag title. Now this was already taped in advance. Don't get me wrong, but uh, at the same time, he's your IWGP champ. Chris, who is he facing at the Forbidden Door, in your opinion, since it's not going to be Paige and it's not going to be Cole, or is it going to be Paige and Cole? I read it as it probably is going to be Paige and Cole, but, like, I don't, I don't. Uh, I was thinking it would have had to be a pillar, and I was going to have to say Jungle Boy, but they just geeked him out a bit, so no. it might be Darby. Might, they may job Darby to to switchblade. Yeah, no, you can totally see a Darby switchblade thing. Like Tony's just like, ah, the two goth guys. This will be fun. Or or oh, one of our young guys. He has a chance to be IWGP champ. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes, right. Oh man, can you believe it? He might win the title tonight. He has no shot of winning that title. Right. <laughs> just uh, uh, and again, I ask you this question, Chris, because because it's it's it was one that came on to me throughout this show even though i enjoyed the match don't get me wrong i enjoy me a good car crash match what was the story of the jurassic express young bucks match this is the problem with like every young bucks match and i hawkins this week i was actually coming in to say that for a change I sort of enjoyed this Young Bucks match, but I couldn't really put my finger on as to why. I did I, enjoy I, it. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 no, but like, like I, I can't, I can't really tell you why I enjoyed it because, like, it still suffered from all the problems I've had with Young Bucks matches for m- m- almost every one of their matches, like, like where it's a series of disembodied moves that don't actually yes. tell a story. Here's a set piece. Here's a set piece. Here's a set piece. Here's a set piece. I, I don't. For whatever reason, I thought that this was really well worked, and I enjoy, I'm and not for whatever reason. They're all good wrestlers. It's not like, but like for whatever reason, those problems or those hangups just like didn't bother me this week. And like I enjoyed the match, even though like I enjoyed the match, and I didn't think it was a foregone conclusion as to who was going to win. Um, and so like I I don't know. I I thought it was good. Um, it was it, good. 
Yeah, it exceeded expectations, and it was a better-than-average Young Bucks match for me by my standards. I know I'm really hard on them. So, guys, like this week, again, filled with love. I have healed, Hawkins. I, 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 I've I, been rejuvenated. I went to the spring of love. I drank from the spring. I'm, I'm so much more at peace now. Uh, and, and, like, this Young Bucks match, it was good. It was fine. Um... But, uh, you but know, for me, for me to take it to a different level, it's one of those things where it's like, number one, I want everybody to be going for the titles at all times in, in this type of match. That's the point of this match. Go for it. The other thing I want is I want to see some strategy out of tag teams in this. I, I, number one, I want a match that feels like a match with a ladder as opposed to a ladder match, which just some of these spots drive me nuts because it just I, takes I, so the long story to of this up. match really should have been centered around the bucks destroying luchasaurus right like yeah. like this yeah like, and, and they tried or, they tried jungle boy or jungle but we've got to put this these guys through as many tables as we can to hurt one so that we can isolate yes them. well so like especially given that you want christian cage to like come out yes. and like betray jungle boy at the end like the story of the match to me and they did a little bit of this but you have to do a lot more of this is, is that the bucks are isolating and targeting Luchasaurus over and over again. And Jungle Boy keeps trying to come in and valiantly make the save to save his partner, but his partner keeps getting more and more banged up, and eventually Luchasaurus is like, you gotta win this match without me or whatever. Yes. And then Jungle Boy comes up short, at which, and, and Christian Cage is out there trying to motivate uh, Jungle Boy the whole time and go like, you can do this, and trying to, he's trying to be the sixth man. Jungle Boy comes up short, and rather than Christian Cage coming in there and going like, dude, you did your absolute best or whatever, that's when Christian Cage stabs the knife into Jungle Boy's back. Um, better, better yet, Cage tries to interfere when, when Luchasaurus is taken out because it's quote-unquote no disqualification. Mm. Jungle Boy doesn't want that. And then we can set it, this is the thing that finally set him off because they've been far too subtle about why, why, does, why does Christian hate this guy? Yes, right, because in the story to me seems to be that, like, Christian hates that Jungle Boy doesn't have killer instinct. And I think that, like, this needed to be the opportunity where, like, now Christian needs to come out and be able to cut this promo. It's like, you th you call yourself this pillar, but every time it counts, you come up short. Yeah. And I tried for months to make you a winner, to make you someone who could be a champion. And what did you do? You prove time and again that you're not a guy who can be a champion. You're not championship material. You come up short every time it matters, Jack. Yeah, um, that's a fine it, story to tell, too. Yeah, it is. No, right, especially with Jack ultimately prevailing over Christian here. Chris, I have taken up enough of the uh, monologuing here. Uh, give me something that you watched on wrestling this week that uh, that caught your eye. I mean, it's not like I never talked during this show. When you say it like that, it, it makes well, it, I mean, it, I've, it, I've, it I've, my I've contributions to the no, team. I've driven the conversation up. Well, you know, that's okay. That's okay. Um, Britt Baker, Tony Storm was was fine. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have been struck by, among other pieces of media discourse this week, uh, the Thunder Rosa sandbagging clips that are now making the rounds. Um <laughs> Because my joke was when, when Thunder Rosa came down to make the save, she should have had a mini sandbag in her. Uh, no, another would have been better. She throws sand in Jamie Hader's face and in Rebel's face. That's her new, she's the sand woman. Yeah, yeah, Sandman hit him. Uh, like, yeah, no, um. I, I think, you know, that that's been real interesting to watch. Very disappointing to see that, like, she she's just not clicking well with the ring. I, we were talking about Marina Shafir. I think Shafir's got a lot of work still to do in the ring to get to where she needs to be. But, like, very clear based off some of the clips from last week's episode um, that Shafir was not the only problem in that match. Um, 
Britt's getting her heat back too. That's the thing. That just you know that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, no, no, like, like it's it's a shame. Um, Cree brothers continue to be real nice. Uh, real nice team. Um, and boy, outside of that, there's like literally nothing worth watching on on NXT. Um, I I agree. Uh, other than Roxanne Perez, I think she's fantastic. Yeah, I think I think Roxanne is. Uh, I, I I I'll grant I'll grant and that. I still, you know, I still like Kaylee Ray, Alba Fire, whatever the hell they're gonna call her. I think I think she's fantastic. I just hate that character name. Yep, I I, I hate I hate that character name. I mean, as you said, Stratton. I don't I don't know if she's good as you. There's something there. Uh, this she's not she's not useless. Wesley's got something going on too. He's yeah. not bad. Um, but like, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean. The Tony Tony D'Angelo sucks. I I, 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 he's not bad in the ring. He really isn't bad in the ring. But this character sucks, and he's not great at it. Okay. But yeah, no, he he's not good at this. Like like the writing for this character sucks. They don't know how to. He can't whack anyone. Like he can't he can't actually kill anyone. So all he does is like throw people in the trunk and take them to the end of the parking lot and then push them out of the trunk. Like like this guy, he's just he's this PG mafia a guy it's boring my heart wept for the giovanni vinci uh debut and watching him the former fabian eichner do photo poses and things i just i i the apollo cruise vignette that they did did you see this Oh no! I didn't where see in, this. Where he's, in the, where he's in like a Waffle House diner, he decides to beat up a guy. He's like, "All oh, my life, I just kept thinking of three letters NXT. It's it's the worst thing they've ever done, I think, in NXT. And it doesn't help Apollo, and I just it, it's, it's no, a- and it works again. If you know anything about this guy, it actually works against you. Like literally, the best case scenario is that you're a tabula rasa, have never seen Apollo Cruz in any of his iterations before, and this is all just brand spanking new to you. But if you've been watching this product at all, you know who Apollo Cruz is. You might even know that he had an African accent, like as recently as two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> um, like, yeah, like. I, it doesn't actually. You're the problem with this show, especially the NXT multicolored puke, is that you're basically you are punished for knowing anything about the past. You you one would need to have no experience but the current moment in order to truly enjoy this show. Because if you know about who the grizzled young veterans are, it would make you depressed. If you know who Imperium was, it would make you depressed. If you know who Apollo Crews is, it would make you depressed. I'll give a little... Raw was worthless. It really was. Uh, <laughs> the main event was a pose down. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chesterfield, I agree. Uh, uh, he, ha- he hates it. He hates it. it he misses. He body. misses the day when Bobby Lashley would grab his ass and then point at it. Uh, Max Dupree and Gunther are doing the Lord's work on SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> Dupree and the close talking gimmick makes me laugh like hell. I don't know why it's so damn dumb, but damn if L- the former LA Knight isn't making this stupid gimmick work. And Gunther versus Ricochet was everything you thought it would be just caving in that poor boy's chest. And, and it was everything it had to be. Um, and one other piece of praise I, I alluded to before I watched, uh, I watched Starcade 85 
with members of the uh, figure four wrestling board doing a live watch along and commenting on it. And those things are so much fun. They are. And Starcade 85, there's a lot to snark on. And there's a lot of things you kind of have to explain to 25 year olds who, who don't understand what's the big deal about this and why like they were going, Oh, Crusher Khrushchev's Russian accent is terrible. It's like, no, the whole gimmick was he's, he's, he's not really Russian. He's an American sympathizer. Oh, <laughs> that kind of thing. But damn, if Tully Magnum is still the bomb diggity, man. I, I love that match. I adore that match. It's still my favorite match. And it still holds up as just two guys trying to beat the crap out of each other. Anything else on your lazy river, Chris? I got nothing else here this week, Hawkins. And let's uh, let's let's turn this off. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at DW at at, uh, at Shake Them Ropes. <laughs> at DWATG. That's Chris's show that you can follow. Uh, I also do a show on Wednesdays called the Dynamite Show on the Fight Game Media Network. Patreon.com/slash Fight Game Media. Five bucks. Hot takes. Also, I get to do the Fightful Live After Show of Forbidden Door. God help you all, because I'm probably going to like one match on the card. But yeah, that'll be with my friend Sean Rossap over there. Uh, those are my plugs. Chris, what are yours? Uh, for me, you can find me increasingly on Discord, if anywhere. Now that uh, Twitter has been sold, I think I will. I was already getting disinterested in Twitter, but I think I will make the uh, final move and just ax my Twitter here very soon. So... Uh, there is a grace period and a transition period, but if you want to get oh, in touch don't with don't threaten me with a good time. And, uh, <laughs> hey, no, you you can have it. You you, you can have that shitty little website. Uh, <laughs> like, like, no, I mean, what, no, because because you love all the blue check journalists, all those liberal journalists you love so much. Oh, no, Hawkins, on, stay on there. You love it. You love it. Uh, <laughs> so no, I, I I will be moving on. Wow, um, that you was can... an overreaction. <laughs> I, no, I you know I, I get to I get to raise the ante on you too sometimes Hawkins. Uh, follow me on Discord, Nov, uh, number sign seven five seven four, or go to patreoncom slash dwatg. Uh, you can follow and message me there. Um, those are increasing. I, I might I'm thinking about getting an Instagram. The girlfriend's trying to nudge me into that, but I, I will be. No, I'm I'm sacking off Twitter. Like, like I'm not threatening you with a good time. I'm telling you what's going to be occurring in the same way that at Chris Novembrino no longer exists. <laughs> Soon, uh, go there by all means. Go and check it out. It's fantastic. It's a wonderful piece of legacy on the internet. You can soon see that same important and powerful experience at, at DWATG on Twitter. So go and follow me on Patreon and on Discord. Yeah, and once again, sorry, I'll never unplug my USB mic again. Don't do it. Find the place where you can end this. Stop the show, Hawkins. Stop the show, Hawkins. I'm trying to find. There it is. Okay. Good night.